0: Welcome to the Chasing Presence Podcast, co-hosted by Santiago and Mike. This is a space where we share our insights for how to live a more spiritually aligned life. Join us on our journey to expand consciousness, live with purpose, and awaken to our true
1: nature. Welcome to the Chasing Presence Podcast. This week, we are going to talk about solitude, some of the benefits of spending long periods of time alone, some of the emotional benefits of being okay with being alone, but at the same time, uh, not spending all of your time alone, um, and the importance of constantly going into stillness and being at one with the present moment and the universe and lack of distraction in space.
0: Yeah, I think that in today's society, you hear a lot of statistics about the increasing rates of loneliness and people feeling isolated and feeling like them being alone is having negative effects on their mental health, causing depression, causing anxiety, and can actually like lower your mortality. Um, And this has ramped up, especially since the pandemic of 2020 with the lockdowns and everything that happened. And even though things have mostly gone back to normal in most places in the world, um, it, it really created this, this inertia towards people spending more time in isolation um, and connecting in ways that just aren't a perfect substitute for real-life interactions, like being on Zoom calls or being on social media, texting phone calls. Those things are great, and it's great that we have these technologies nowadays to connect us with people, but um, it's not the same thing as real-life interaction. However, that being said, there are certain ways that you can frame being alone and ways you can think about um, spending time alone and actually practicing solitude and silence and stillness on your own without falling into those bouts of depression or anxiety. And so I think one of the focuses today is going to be about how we think about spending time alone and spending time in solitude and, and ways that we are able to frame it and think about it and practice it. Uh, to where it doesn't have a negative effect on us and, and to where, in fact, it can actually have a lot of potential for positive benefits. So um, I know for you, Mike, you have spent more time recently in this last year, spending more time alone deliberately because of you know, your passion for music production and, and exploring that route. So what are some of the ways that you think about solitude and stillness and silence um, that help you to, to not just not only Um, prevent it from having negative effects but also having it benefit you
1: so i think it's important to first note that there's a difference between solitude and stillness like an important distinct difference um obviously solitude just means spending time by yourself with your own soul with with no other souls in the immediate vicinity um you know and stillness is because you can access stillness when you're not in solitude, you can access stillness when you're out and about in public, which is, in my opinion, stillness is just a, a frame of mind where you're not thinking and you're just you're just existing, you're just being and you're not really concerned with the, the future or the past or anything else. And it, it's just a kind of space that you create in your mind that allows for, you know, creativity, that allows for more peace of mind, literally. Uh, So I think it's important to make those two distinctions. And we'll talk about both of those things separately. Um, But for me, I think solitude is very important because oftentimes when I'm alone, I, this is where a lot of negative emotions are experienced. And, you know, some people might say that's a bad thing. You know, why would you be alone if you're experiencing negative emotions? But I I really do believe that if your body is giving you negative emotions, it's doing it for a good reason. It's trying to teach you a lesson. So being alone really facilitates this, this growth in, in the sense that, you know, especially in today's society, it's like a lot of people, there's a negative stigma against solitude because it's just like, Oh, you're alone. You're a human being. You should be out like with your tribe. And yes, there, there is, there is, you know, being in a social community is very important for your mental health for for most people. Um, but I think solitude is just as important, if not more important, in connecting with yourself and you know understanding why you're having some of these negative emotions in the first place. A lot, I feel like a lot of people, you know, they go out to and and talk to other people and they kind of like do this to kind of like silence this this voice inside of them and instead just like distract themselves from it so i think solitude is very important. it's solitude has really helped me in understanding myself better
0: definitely yeah i think that's a good point a lot of people will go out they'll spend time with friends and family and that's obviously important right we're social creatures there's a time and place to to interact with other people and engage with the world and and be more externally focused but a lot of people are also doing that as a form of escapism and as a way to distract themselves from their own thoughts and emotions and from processing, you know, past experiences and from allowing themselves to really sit with whatever it is they're feeling, good or bad. Um, and, you know, I think solitude, obviously, it, it's a spiritual discipline. You know, a lot of spiritual practices will will harp on the importance of spending time alone. And it's during these experiences of spending time with yourself that you really get to know yourself on a deeper level. It's, it's an opportunity to explore your psyche. It's an opportunity to, to spark creativity and to explore those routes. It's an opportunity to really get clear on the goals that you have in life, the, the intentions that you have for how you want to live and how you want to show up in the world. And if you're constantly stimulating yourself with either social interactions or doing things like your career or playing video games or whatever it might be. Um, if you don't spend time to like really be alone with your thoughts and and with your own emotions, um, you're not going to be able to get the same level of clarity in your life. And you're not going to be, you're going to tend to be more narrow, narrowly focused on um, certain patterns, certain habits, certain routines that might not be serving you. So for me, I know that the time that I spend in solitude is, is a time for me to really reflect on the different habits I'm engaging in the different um, you know, opportunities or directions that I'm you know, deciding to take in life, whether it's with regards to um, my health and fitness or my career or, you know, bigger questions about, you know, where I want to live or big life decisions that I want to make spending time in solitude allows me to really get more clarity from a more objective point of view without letting reactive um, subconscious holding patterns get in the way of, of what it is that I know is going to be best for my higher self. Um, I think another, you know, one of the big benefits of, of solitude is that it can help you to strengthen your mind in a separate, in a, in a different way than other types of, than other types of practices. And that if you can be okay spending extended periods of time on your own, you don't become dependent on other people for your own sense of, of, of well-being or happiness. And I think that's important sometimes people, they'll jump into relationships. You know, you see a lot of people, they'll jump into romantic relationships or they'll cling on to certain friendships simply as a way of trying to keep it all together. Um, but I think that if you can if you can learn to be by yourself for long periods of time, it you cultivate an inner strength where you feel like you belong within yourself and you don't need the validation or approval of anyone else to live your best life.
1: Yeah, it's like, your home should be your body. It should not be some external place or situation. You should always feel at home in your body and getting to that point where you are just comfortable in your own skin, I think really can be arrived at through intense periods of solitude. And like, like you said, a lot of people want to just jump into relationships because they're uncomfortable with being alone. And this is what solitude really helped. It's like building the muscle of you, you just need to realize that you have to be alone. Like when you die, you're going to be with yourself. You know, it's like, you can can be with a social group for your entire life up until maybe like you're 90 years old. And then (laughs) this is just a situation, but you know, let's say like your spouse dies, you're in a retirement home, you're by yourself. It's just like, if you don't cultivate that, that strength of solitude, then when you're at that point in life, you will be not, you will just not be very happy. Um, so yeah, I think we need, we always need to get good at being alone before we jump into that, that partner relationship or before we really seek that tribe that resonates with our, like our soul, our deep being. Um, and if we can do that, we will be, we will be very strong people in society and then we can also inspire more people to do the same thing. So I, yeah, solitude really needs to be more uh, emphasized in our society as, as a regular practice to do. We, we don't always need to just be hanging out with friends all the time. And anyone who tells you that has probably there is probably not comfortable with being alone. (laughs) Anyone who tells you that being alone is bad is not comfortable with that at all. And if, if you're not comfortable with that, then like I said, it's, it's going to be difficult once you become older and you are forced into solitude.
0: Right. Yeah, uh, definitely. And what's also important is how you spend that time alone. So, and we've talked about this on previous podcasts pretty extensively, but I, it's, it's important to touch upon the fact that, you know, you shouldn't, just spend time alone. If you're going to spend time alone, like let's just say it's a Friday night and you're deciding to spend time alone indoors, you shouldn't be spending that time like killing a six pack of beer or or drinking like a fifth of, of liquor while you, you know, do whatever else other toxic behaviors and habits. And again, we've talked about this pretty extensively, but it's, it's important to spend that time alone consciously and to spend it intentionally, right? Whether it's, it doesn't mean you have to be doing a lot, but you should be spending that time really making sure that you're engaging in, in healthy habits and behaviors and not um, not engaging in in habits and um, behaviors that are bad for you either physically or mentally or spiritually so you want to be able to spend that time to really go internal so to speak and to address and confront whatever conflicts you have internally so if you know when you're by yourself maybe you have experiences of Maybe you experience anxiety that arises, right? You have this anxiety that arises, and so typically what people will do is they'll drown that out by drinking alcohol or smoking weed or you know, distracting themselves with whatever whatever um, quick, easy um, access they have to, to instant gratification or pleasure. Instead of doing that, you should you, you should reflect and and notice and become aware of those negative emotions that arise, and work through it and process it. And you know we talk about all the different practices of breath work and meditation. Um, and, and obviously there's, there's a ton of other things you can practice, right? Yoga, and there's so many different things you can do, but you should work on spending that time alone to <clears throat> proactively and consciously process and bring awareness to whatever negative emotions arise as a way to work past that. And the more that you do that, eventually those negative emotions will arise less and less when you're on your own. And eventually you get to a place where whenever you're spending time alone, you actually experience a sense of peace, a sense of stillness, a sense of joy. Um, you can spend time alone without being lonely, but if you're not used to it, it's going to take time. There's going to be a process involved in acclimating to that. Um, and it's going to require you to do some shadow work in order to process through negative emotions that do arise when you're by yourself.
1: Yeah. It's, it's really important to note that, and I already said this, but when there. So th- this actually happened to me. You know, I, I, I was I was very involved in, in drugs and whatnot because I, I, I it, it was an unconscious thing, but I didn't realize that I just had so much shit going on underneath underneath all the the subconscious layers of of society that have been implanted into my brain that I, I just didn't know any better. It, it was just complete unconsciousness. And the really good thing about solitude is it gives you a better chance to be more conscious. Um, I, I noticed that even when I, when I would hang out with my friends, when I was beginning this journey, that was a lot more difficult to stay aware. So I think, you know, w- once you become, you know, spiritually awakened, or you're really trying to change your life for the better, you'll realize that it's just a lot easier to cultivate awareness when you're alone. It's just, it's just that simple. Um, and, you know, that's why I've been spending more time alone, because it gives me more chance to be aware. And, you know, to notice when the negative emotions are coming, the, the negative emotions, you need those, that those are telling you, wh- it's, it's almost like your, 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 your soul telling you what you need to do. And if you could, if instead of identifying with the negative emotions themselves, and you can separate yourself from them and realize, okay, why am I having this? There's probably a good reason why you're having it. When you're alone in solitude, this is—it's a lot easier to process and and try to ask yourself the question why you're experiencing this feeling in the first place, rather than if you're like with friends, it, it's a lot more difficult because you're distracted. You know, you're talking to your friends, you're doing all these things. But if you, in solitude, it's just a lot easier to understand what's going on in your body. So at, at the beginning of you know, your, your journey into becoming your best self. Solitude is very important in this aspect. And then there's also stillness, right? It's like, we we need to, in solitude, practice stillness. So Mm -hmm. because with the stillness comes the recognition of the fact that you aren't these negative emotions, but you know, you are experiencing them and the stillness allows you to you know, be an unbiased third party, and then you can try to figure out why you're experiencing them and then make decisions based off that, because your feelings are incredibly important. You know, it's like your feelings will un- unravel certain thoughts that you're having and why you're having those thoughts, if you can really separate yourself from them and not identify with them. So yeah, in terms of stillness, though, I, there's many practices for for cultivating your muscle of stillness uh i i know that you're you do a lot of practices that relate to this so i really want to hear what practices you do in your daily life in your in your solitary days that help you cultivate this muscle of stillness
0: yeah so solitude and stillness like you said they go hand in hand they're great complements to one another through in moments of solitude or times where you're spending extended periods of time in solitude, you should practice stillness. Um, and through the practice of stillness, you can become more comfortable with solitude, right? Uh, certain things that I'll do just just on a day-to-day basis, like one of, the, one of the great things I do is mindfulness drives. And I've talked about this before, but driving without distractions of any kind of audio, no radio, no music, no podcasts. And I'll do this like maybe like 80 to 90% of the time that I'm driving, I'll drive in stillness. And a good practice you can do also is like, if you're at a stoplight, what do most people do when they get to an intersection, there's a stoplight, a lot of people will take out their phones, you know, and they'll start looking at their phones, they'll start texting, I will literally just sit there at the stoplight, and pay attention to my surroundings and focus on my breathing. So, you know, and you, you doesn't have to be at a stoplight, it can be anything that you're doing, there'll be many moments throughout the day where I will tune into my breathing. And I'm not even necessarily doing an active breathing practice like Wim Hof or four, seven, eight breath work or walking breath holds. Those are things I practice occasionally, but I'm always tuning into my breath and just taking deep diaphragmatic breaths at different times throughout the day and really paying attention to it. It can be when I'm cooking. It could be when I'm at work. It could be when I'm walking. Literally anything that you're doing, you're always breathing. So you always have the opportunity to consciously breathe and pay attention to that and find stillness through your breath. Your breath is a great way to regulate your autonomic nervous system, to regulate your mental awareness, to regulate your physiological health and and everything involved with mind, body, and spirit ties back into the breath. And if you can use your breath as an anchor and as a point of reference to the present moment, you can find stillness literally doing anything obviously the less active you are, the more, uh, the easier it is to, to access stillness. So you're going to find it probably find it easier and everyone's different. And, but you know, when I'm meditating, I'm able to find much more stillness than when I am working out, right? That's just naturally how it's going to be. But I think that the breath is a great way to access stillness because it always brings you back to the present moment and it can allow you to Really focus on the different physical sensations, thoughts, and emotions that are arising without attaching to them and without identifying with it so that it takes over. So, if I'm feeling angry, instead of letting that anger take over, I can take a moment of stillness, focus on my breath, and notice that, yeah, there is anger arising, but I am not that anger and that I am separate from what that emotion is. And it allows me to not be reactive to it so I can take a more proactive approach to what decision I want to take next um other things that help with you know that have helped me with with stillness um i do a lot of like stretching and mobility work it's like similar to yoga but when i'm doing that when i'm practicing you know stretching mobility work it's a very it's a very um parasympathetic type of activity at least the way that i do it and so it allows me to again focus on body awareness focus on breathing and I'm not distracted by a lot of stimulus that's going on because it's very much just me focusing on my body and how I'm moving it. And I can access stillness through a simple activity like stretching, mobility work, or even just walking.
1: I think it's important to note that there actually, that I've discovered that there is two different types of awareness. Like you said, there's body awareness and then there's, there's like mental space awareness. Uh, I find that when I'm doing meditation, That, you know, oftentimes, you know, sometimes you should just watch your thoughts and, but that's not really body awareness. You're, you're kind of just being an unbiased third party. You're just watching your thoughts, uh, body awareness, where you're kind of just like feeling what's happening in your body. I've found actually allows me to enter stillness more easily. And this is just my personal experience. Like for, for example, like this, this morning, I did something called yin yoga, which is based more on stretching. Than actual working out, and it's basically holding stretches for a long period of time. You know, usually you hold stretches for like 15 seconds, 20 seconds. This is like holding stretches for three to five minutes in like one pose. Um, and let me tell you, like, yeah, it's it's painful to like go through that, but it but the whole time you just focus on your breath, you focus on that part of the body that you're feeling, and I found I'm more present during that than I am during meditation where you're just like focusing on one part of the body. And it is incredibly therapeutic. Like, you know, I think this goes a lot into, into trauma release, how like, you know, there's certain experiences that somehow are stored in your body. And then when I'm doing these things, I'm like on the verge of tears sometimes just, just Mm -hmm. because it's so transformative as an experience. So I would really recommend yin yoga. It's, it's not regular yoga. It's just, it's like, intense, deep stretching yoga. That's basically what it is. Um, and yeah, I, I will champion that every day of the week. Um, but yeah, so body awareness is incredibly important, but also listening to your own thoughts is incredibly important. I honestly think during meditation sessions, we should practice both. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of in yoga. I've never practiced it there are a lot of different forms of, of stretching, mobility work, yoga, that can be very helpful. And there are a lot of, of basically doctors and professionals who um, in the space of like integrated health and wellness that will tell you that you know trauma is mostly stored in the body. It's not really stored, it's manifested a lot in the mind, but it's really stored like in our physical bodies. And that's why you'll find that people doing certain intense forms of body work will experience that trauma release. I definitely have, you know, doing something as simple as foam rolling, um, you just talked about it within yoga. I know there's also another thing called rolfing, which is a form of, it's not technically massage, but it's basically a specialized form of massage that where there have been numerous people who have claimed that they've experienced like significant trauma release while doing it. So that's something I want to explore. I've also gone, you know, I'll get like a professional massage, like three or four times a year. I haven't experienced like any kind of release from that, but it definitely does like calm me down. It makes me feel better. Um, active release technique is another thing that has also been helpful for me as well. It's another form of, of specialized massage that really helps to like, like help to break down soft tissue scarring that might occur. And for me, I sometimes have that, um, because of the training that I do with jujitsu. So active release technique really helps to like loosen up those muscles in my body. And when you're able to loosen up your body and, and relieve the tension, that's going to help you to alleviate you know it's good that's gonna manifest in your mind as well, right? If your body is always tight and sore and and and, and in pain and it doesn't feel good, it doesn't feel mobile and loose and flexible, you're just gonna can potentially create tension in your mind. It can make the anxiety or stress that you feel exacerbate. The mind and the body are connected. They're really one. We try to like differentiate mind and body, but the, the mind-body connection it's it's really one and the same. They're both tied into each other so strongly. So you know, you access stillness through, you know, mental techniques like meditation and breathwork, but also through, and breathwork obviously is also very physical, but you can also access it through different physical practices that help to slow you down. Um, that doesn't mean you always have to do things that are simply parasympathetic or that help to you know, calm down your body. Obviously you want to balance that out. You know, I lift weights, I do jujitsu, I do things that are more active, but you need to make sure you're balancing that out with things that also help your body to relax and calm down and, and, and turn to a parasympathetic state where you can be more calm and relaxed. Um, I'm trying to, I had another idea when it came to stillness, but I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on it. I think that, um, you know, another huge part of what prevents people from accessing stillness are the distractions in today's society. Again, we've also talked about this before, but um, the big one is, you know, just your phone, right? your phone, electronic devices. If you're constantly on your phone, on your computer, on your tablet, using the TV, you are depriving yourself of the opportunity to really access stillness and experience solitude and be by yourself. So that's just another piece of advice is pay attention to just the the little things that you're doing throughout the day that are preventing you from being in the present moment.
1: I also want to say that, um, unfortunately, I'm I'm not able to do jujitsu anymore because of some uh, physiological complications. But I think martial arts are incredibly helpful in accessing stillness in a state that is naturally chaotic. So Mm -hmm. like, and, and that's different than accessing it in solitude. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we're practicing stillness in solitude so that we can find that stillness when we're in more chaotic situations in the real world. And I think martial arts is incredibly important in helping that uh, because like sometimes, you know, you'll be meditating, you know, in solitude, you'll spend a lot of time alone, but then you'll go out in, 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 and you'll, you'll experience anxiety. You're just like, but I'm practicing this when I'm alone. It's like, you, you need, you need to figure out ways to find stillness everywhere, not just in solitude. Solitude helps in cultivating that. But I think martial martial arts really helps in cultivating that even more, um, so yeah, I, I wanted to mention that because, you know, it's not all just about solitude and stillness. Um, we, we, need yeah. to, we need to be able to function and use that stillness in, in, in not just life-threatening situations, but um, in ex- external situations as well.
0: Right. Um, that definitely works because you're training yourself to be you're in a you're in a somewhat high stakes. It's obviously with jiu jitsu. It's it's a controlled environment, but still, you know, there are physical risks, and you are you know, competing with another person who's trying to overcome you physically. And so, if you can access mindfulness and stillness in those moments, it can translate to other areas as well. But all all practices that help with you know accessing stillness and spending time alone. Allows you to also transfer that to, like you said, the external, the real world, real life situations. You shouldn't only be able to access stillness and a and sense of common peace when you're by yourself or when you're doing whatever habit helps to instill that. You should also be able to access it when you're maybe in an altercation with another individual, you know, at work or with a friend or family member. Maybe you have a disagreement. It's it has definitely helped me to be way less reactive. I can be super calm in a conversation with someone who I disagree with or who I don't see eye to eye with instead of just escalating the issue and starting to get angry. And maybe you start raising your voice and then you start yelling. Um, I'm through the practices of solitude and stillness. I have been able to much better, have a much greater control over regulating my emotions so that I don't react to people. It doesn't mean I still won't feel an emotion, you know, negative emotion. And I'm not perfect, but it has helped me to drastically improve my ability to communicate more calmly and effectively when I am disagreeing with someone else or when someone else maybe says something that I find offensive or that I don't agree with, whatever it is. So it can apply to very real-life situations where there are conflicts or where emotions tend to um, maybe get heated. And so accessing stillness and solitude will help you to hopefully be able to better cope with and and respond to the different adversities that life might throw your way in in very real life situations that aren't planned.
1: It needs to also be said that, you know, just because you have accessed stillness does not mean you're going to experience peace. Like for example, um, public speaking, right? It's like whenever, it doesn't matter who you are, most people before they go into public speaking events, they're going to experience anxiety. They're gonna experience nervousness. But being able to access stillness does not mean that that nervousness goes away. All it means is that you're just aware that you're having this nervousness, that you're having this anxiety and you're not judging it and you're just, and you're allowing yourself to kind of like be separate from it. And yes, it does alleviate the intensity of that emotion, but I think, you know, a lot of people think that once they become a master of stillness, all of their negative emotions are going to go away, and that is not how you should be thinking about it. Because we are always going to experience negative emotions. Most of us will be experiencing negative emotions as human beings. That is part of the human experience. Um, but cultivating the the muscle of stillness is it's going to decrease the intensity, but you will still feel those negative emotions. Don't do not get twisted. Um, And being able to access stillness, especially during like public speaking events, especially um, it will help your mind be more clear because the second you start identifying with the nervousness and the anxiety, that's when your creativity goes out the door. Um, So cultivating that stillness during any type of altercation, you know, um, is, is incredibly important and having the right mindset around it is also incredibly important.
0: Yeah, I still ha- I still have a fear of public speaking. Unfortunately, the group that I did uh, was going to do public speaking uh, events with. They they stopped having their events, so I haven't been doing that recently. But that, like you said, the goal isn't to hope that oh, through solitude and stillness and spiritual discipline, I will no longer experience negative emotions ever again. That's not that's not the objective, or and it shouldn't be the expectation. It's simply to be able to be aware of those emotions and to not have them control your life, you know, to have better and a better ability to cope with them. Um, because if you've never experienced negative emotions, you, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have any more internal conflict in life. And, and obviously at like the highest states of spiritual awareness, if you're, you know, literally like on the, on the verge of, of, of like pure enlightenment, and you're going to transcend your human body, like, sure, you won't have those those negative emotions, but for 99.9% of people, they are going to still be there in one way, shape, or form. The path of spirituality is to get better at handling it and get better at coping with it so that you can live a more fulfilling life. It shouldn't be to completely get rid of it. And if you have that expectation, you're going to be very disappointed because that's not how it works. Um, I would look at negative emotions as in a way it's, it's a blessing. It's an opportunity for you to learn and grow and to develop more grit and more strength and more resilience in life, and then hopefully through your, you know, experiences that you have, you can, you're able to better empathize with other people who are going through struggles. You're better able to relate to other people who are going through hardships, and maybe even at some point help them in their journeys and being able to overcome and cope with their struggles. If you never had negative emotions, you would be, you just wouldn't be able to empathize and relate with other people who are going through hard times, and you wouldn't have any you know, interesting insights or lessons to share. So those negative emotions are important. Are an important part of life. It's just also important that they don't take over your life and cause you to go into such a dark place to where you're never, never able to get out of it. And so it's, it's again, you want the right amount to keep your edge sharp, but you don't want it to be too strong to where it, it completely just ruins your life. So that's where all of these techniques come into play and allowing you to be able to better handle and cope with the negative emotions the fear the anxiety the anger or the sadness that arise within your field of consciousness
1: yeah the the last thing i will say is we we need to use solitude and stillness to understand ourselves and to understand that negative emotions are not a bad thing we have to be compassionate towards our own brain for sending us these signals of negative emotions because it is trying to teach us something about ourselves So if we shrug it away and, and have the negative mindset that it is that, and we're labeling it as bad and we're not trying to learn something from that negative emotion, it's just going to keep coming back. Like anything that you don't try to learn from in life, any negative situation that you just push under the rug and don't like experience firsthand and try to learn a lesson from it. It's just don't, it's going to keep coming back. So we using that stillness, using that awareness, especially in solitude will give you that chance to really experience that negative emotion and, and understand why you're having it so that you can learn from it and move on. So, yeah, do you have any last words for the people?
0: No, I completely agree with that. I think that solitude is something that isn't talked enough about in today's society. We're told that you know spending time alone is just like smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. It's not the truth. If you experience loneliness while you're alone, yes, that's going to be very bad for you. But there is a way to spend time alone and still experience deep states of joy, peace, excitement, gratitude. Um, Again, that's another thing is practicing prayer and gratitude while you're alone is is something that I do as well. But being alone doesn't mean you have to be lonely. And practicing solitude consciously and proactively can help to really transform your life and help you develop a stronger relationship with yourself that really is the number one relationship in your life should be with yourself and with god you know and so solitude is one of the best ways to cultivate and strengthen that relationship and then stillness you know is something that goes very well hand in hand with solitude they both complement each other very well but through accessing stillness you can gain a better level of awareness and control over your emotions so that it doesn't run your life but also make sure that you're taking the time to appreciate and and understand that, that the the negative emotions you experience really, in, in truth, aren't actually negative. But even if even if you want to classify them that way, they ultimately are there to teach you lessons and to help you grow and learn as a person.
1: Yes. Wise words, Santi. And that's all the time we have for this week. Thank you for listening to the Chasing Presence podcast. And we hope that today you've learned something about solitude and stillness and you can use some of these practices and techniques in your daily life throughout this next week. And uh, we hope that you have a, a new understanding of negative emotions and that you try to understand yourself better and that you lead a happy life and much peace and love. Have a good week.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Chasing Presence podcast. If you enjoyed it, please spread the word by telling your family and friends and by sharing it on social media you can also show us your support by leaving a review. Also, if you'd like to get in touch with us, our contact information is in the show notes. Please send us a message as we'd love to hear from you and get your feedback. As always, thanks again for listening, stay present, and have a great day.